Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I'm a former family caregiver and work now with the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron. She is the Chief of Operations for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant, and a former family caregiver with well over 30 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed here belong to Edith and I, not our wonderful employers and sponsors, so if you want to get mad, get mad at us, not at them. Before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we'll be part two of our conversation with Zadie Burgos and her husband, Francisco Paco Rios. Paco has been diagnosed with young-onset dementia, and they've decided to share their story not only with us, but on social media as well. We'll be back to talk with them right after this. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, ADRC, has served as a Central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center. They are dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illnesses. ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skills, and strategies they need to help them confidently prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit the website adrccares.org. We are back talking with Francisco Paco Rios and his beautiful wife, Zadie Burgos. Paco, you have uh, been diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Zadie, you are a fabulous professional psychologist. (laughs) And so you have this disease. And the last time we spoke, Paco, you let us know what it's like to be in this disease and you can still tell us about it, which is such a gift to us. So we at Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center are trying not only to help the caregiver, but, you know, the more we understand about what it's like to be you and have this disease, the better we can help you and help the caregiver. So, Edith, we do have a program coming up. Right. We hope to launch it in November, and it's meant specifically for the person living with the illness who is still in a position that can be helped by peer support. And that's essentially what it will be, peer support with some skill building, because not everybody here, we're Florida, and we have lots of people who, lots of people who have no one. So trying to give them some of the information We've had people say to us before, you teach caregivers all about it. Why aren't you going to teach me? I don't know what to expect. And that's how that got started. That's what we're doing. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yes. And so the, it is a genetic disposition for this disease, very likely if you have this particular gene. And looking back now, you can go back four generations. Yes. 
So we, when we were at Hopkins, so Hopkins referred us to the Diane network because what I learned is that everybody who's testing positive for this gene is going to be sent there because they have the registry and they don't have only the registry for United States. They have the registry worldwide. So once you go there, they will educate you and they connect you with two very important resources, which are clinical trials and support groups, specifically mm. for people with this diagnosis. Because one thing is that there's so many support groups. But when I went to the support groups, everybody was like 60, 70, 80. Yeah. And no one, I couldn't identify with someone like my situation. Paco had the same thing. So they have amazing support groups. So yes, so they had us do the genetic, what they call the genetic mapping and the profile. And we were able to go back at least to four generations. So it's Paco, his father, grandfather, and then his great-grandmother. And that's where we stopped because that's, it's yeah many years ago. But then when you go sideways, is every person that's affected has siblings, right, that have been affected. So Parker's paternal side of the family has been incredibly and very sadly impacted. And we could see so many family members that have either died of this disease or are currently diagnosed with the disease. And the particular thing is that they're all very young. So all of these people were dying very young, like in the 50s and 60s after having been diagnosed with the disease. So something that before we knew for sure, my sister-in-laws were always joking around, which now is not a joke, but we will say someone that like, hasn't skipped a generation. So instinctively, we knew this is a real possibility, right? We didn't know the actual intellectual kind of knowledge of, ooh, this is genetic, but instinctively, experientially, we knew. So we were joking sometimes oh someone's gonna get it like it's one of us but i never thought that was the youngest of his siblings mm. so we never like i never thought that it was going to be a reality so the diane network has been amazing in explaining and educating us and connecting us for specifically the genetic mutation that he has and that his family has and that's why we are doing what we're doing we're speaking out because if this is happening to us I bet that this is happening to a lot of people. And the more that people hear about the story and his story, really, they will be probably something will pick their interest and say, wait, I can see that. And we're seeing that in our social media. It's fascinating how social media connects you and people start asking questions and they start reaching out from everywhere in the world. So it's been something very rewarding even though this is a devastating period in our, in our lives, we focused on finding meaning because that's the only thing that gets you through the day. Yeah. What was the purpose? What's the meaning of all of this? And when Baco told me, it took us a year to say, we're actually going to come out of the closet because for a year, nobody knew. It was only like probably five, six people that knew about Paco's diagnosis. Nobody knew, not even his family. We were like, we cannot tell people because we don't have all the answers yet. And we needed to heal, quote unquote, first process what we were going through before we were ready to sit down with someone and answer questions. Because once you come out, people ask questions. And I was crying every day for a year. So I was nowhere ready to speak. Baka wasn't ready. So we built the courage. And when we, we were on a trip that we went in November, and I remember being in some part of Italy, eating a gelato. And I said, this is it. This is it. We're coming out and we're telling the story. We're ready. 
And he said, help me tell the story. We'll do social media. I said, what do you want to do? I said, we'll do it. What are the, we came up with a kind of an agreement between us. Like, what are we going to talk about? What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? And he asked me to help him. And I said, sure, I'm going to be right there with you. This is my very personal opinion that there are so many resources out there. There's so many Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts and social TikTok and websites and lots of resources, amazing resources talking about dementia, talking about Alzheimer's. But the majority of them do not have the voice of the patient, the perspective of the patient. And the ones that do are very far advanced in the disease. And Paco is still at a position, which I think is very valuable, that he can express himself and he can let people in. This is what we go through. And yes, we do share the happiness because we do have lots of happy moments, but we do have lots of not happy moments. And I think it's only fair to show both because it's a disservice to the community if we only focus on, oh yeah, everything is happy. We're, you know, we're battling this and we're, no, that's not the reality. That's only part of the reality. So I think that's why it's really important for him to say what he wants to say, to express himself, whether that is beautiful or whether that is going to provoke some feelings in people, because that's how you get the word across and people can understand what this really is. Can you please mention your social media accounts? Yes. So we have on Instagram, we have, it's at inolvidable.mente, and that's in Spanish, because initially I thought we're only going to, who's going to be interested in our story? So we just, uh, I know. So I did it in Spanish and it really means unforgettable mind because I think my husband has such a brilliant mind and I've told him ever since I've known him, he has a brilliant mind and I think it's a very unforgettable mind of his and I'm never going to forget your mind and that's very important. Your brain, I know it's icky, but your mind is beautiful. And then we have on TikTok, unforgettable mind. Initially, I thought, oh, TikTok will be in English and Instagram in Spanish, but now it's morphed and we do bilingual. And if we do a video in Spanish, I put subtitles. And if I do it in English, I'll put subtitles in Spanish so that everybody can benefit. Wonderful. And those links are going to be in the show notes. So definitely look for that. How has this been for you, Paco, sharing your life? You were a private citizen and now you are out changing the world a little bit. A lot of bit. Yeah. I said before that I thought that it, it could be a possibility that I'm going to get Alzheimer's, but not so young. So now that I got this diagnosis and all that, I just wanted the safety of my wife. I also wanted to get people to know that this is happening. And I I received the news that there are many people that are out there that don't know what's going on and they believe they're really young to have anything and they think it's something else like they thought it was just a depression with me. So when we came out, I'm sorry to go back, but in my family, I said before, there were a lot of uncles and aunts that had Alzheimer's and my father had Alzheimer's, but we actually kept it quiet 
kept it to ourselves. It was just, I don't know if it's Hispanic kind of thing or a community Puerto Rican kind of thing that nobody should get in our business stuff and what happens in our houses stays in our house. But nobody actually knew. I had many friends that grew up with me that only know now that my father had the Alzheimer's. So I wanted to just stop that. I, I wanted to have people know that you should, it, it's your prerogative anyway, but for me, you have to come out and say, this is happening for other people to benefit. Now that I've come out and say that these things, I've had other cousins of mine coming up and because they're worried about their sons and daughters, they're worried about uh, their cousins and they're worried about what's going to happen and what they're going to do if this happens. This is actually making people aware of what could be happening and how they can plan their lives and to go to their doctors more, to have their genetic testing done, to be aware of the symptoms, to be aware of some things that are happening and how they're acting. And it's something to be aware about. This, I don't know, but there should be, for one diagnosis, there should be, to me, it's, this is a, I don't know, this is just coming out of my mind. There should be a lot more outside of that one diagnosis. There should be a lot more that go undiagnosed and they are not yes. being treated. And there's a whole lot of families that are going through this that don't know what's going on. And they probably have the, those, they're probably carrying these genes and they don't know about mm -hmm. it. So. It's sad that so many people have this shame uh, with this mm -hmm. disease and keep it in the family. And some of it is cultural and some of it yeah. is it, I don't want anybody to know that my life stigma is an Instagram hit perfect, yeah. right? right. Mm -hmm. uh, there is yeah. that stigma attached. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for being honest about it mm -hmm. and sharing it because other people do need to know. Yes. Yeah, sometimes they, they don't want to know. <laughs> and then the, right. so sad. Because really, it's life is life. And with my diagnosis, I'm not always sad. I'm not always happy. I'm not, it's life. You don't, you're not always going to be happy. You know, regardless always, if you're diagnosed, you're not always right. going to be right. sad. You're not always going to be, it's a roller coaster. It's life. So once you get diagnosed, you can get help and make life more about ha being happy than about being sad. We're all terminal, right? We we exactly. all have an end date. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just a little more forefront for your brain, but I exactly you can enjoy your moments more. And now that you've given a diagnosis, it's sad because it it is sad. Yeah, it's but it makes your actions be about being happy, about making your loved ones aware of how you love them, how you care for them. And it's just about being so beautiful. That is <laughs> very intentional. Your people. Very intentional. Everything is very intentional. Mm -hmm. And something that I've told everybody, 
and this is something that I say all the time. I say, ever since Baka was diagnosed, whoever is around me and around us needs to understand that this is the priority. He is the priority. So everything that we'll do has that in mind. So if you're not going to be able to either support that or understand it, because I don't intend for people to accept everything that we do, Mm -hmm. but at least I need you to understand where we're coming from, then I cannot, I don't have energy to deal with that particular interaction. So we're very intentional with our time. We're very intentional with our conversations. We're very intentional with whatever we do, whatever trip we take. It has to have an intention behind because we know that the the clock is ticking and that we're running out of time. So we're like, everything has to have an intention and everything has to serve the greater purpose of what we're doing with his life and with our lives together. So that's something. And I'm so lucky to have a supportive employer that understands it. Mm. And that has allowed me to do basically whatever I need to do to be not only there at work, but also at home doing whatever I need to do with him because he has so many appointments and all that. So it's, I think when you're very intentional, things fall into place and the people that are in your circle really step up. And that's been a blessing for both of us. We mentioned grief. You mentioned grief. That's one of the things we discuss at ADRC through an actual workshop. And of course, we discuss it from the perspective of the care partner. I do remind our care partners that our person is also grieving. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we can only surmise unless we're told. To me, it's obvious. It's, It's the changes in life. It's the things that have changed for us and prefer not to say things like we can't do any longer, but that's the reality for many people. Does that make sense, Paco? Am I on the right trail with that kind of thinking for people? Yes. For me as a patient, I'm aware that every step I take has to be with intention for for doing something. And I want people to act that way as well. Caregivers, patients, and other people that are around it. You should take every step with intention of what the goal is in mind. When I was diagnosed, I it, it shattered me. And I was grieving for maybe months or years. And now I'm beginning to take back. Like I can laugh more. I can do what I want. I can read what I want. I can, because it's, it's just living life with intention. I don't know about. You are, you are, and thank you. And I don't, so I don't mean to get hung up on the grief, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think it's an area that is poorly it's, understood, uh, especially yeah. when we look at the many changes that you've already mentioned. That you can't set it down. You don't, and, and nobody brings you a casserole. Nobody sends you flowers. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, thank you, thank you. Um, we cannot say thank you enough for oh, for you. coming on this podcast. Just so much appreciation. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Informed Aging. Tell your family and friends about us. Please share these episodes. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at informed underscore aging and facebook.com slash informed aging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's it for now. We are looking forward to our next visit.